traveling with other families can be fun if you're vacation compatible. But for some of us, how do we make new friends once we're married with kids? We talk with author and entrepreneur Nick Gray on some ways to make the kind of friends that you'd like to travel with. Episode 80 starts right now. Welcome to the Family Vacationer with Rob and Danny. The go-to podcast for families on the move. Welcome, friends. I'm Rob. And I'm Danny. And this is episode 80 of The Family Vacationer. If you're the parents of a child with ADHD or autism, I really hope you'll give last week's show a listen. Dr. Emily King gave some really good insight on traveling with neurodiverse children. And that's a relatively new term, so if you're not familiar with it, definitely listen to last week's show. It really covers... Uh, children with ADHD, autism, dyslexia, dyspraxia. So give that a listen. The more I reflect on the show, the more I get out of it. And Dr. Emily mentioned the phrase, it's okay to be mad, it's not okay to be mean, when talking about teaching a child how to deal with their emotions in the moment. And Dan, I think that's a concept that all of us adults should also adopt for ourselves. <laughs> no doubt. So today we're going to talk about traveling with other families. Now this is going to be a two-part episode here. First, we're going to talk about a kind of checklist that you can go through in your head and talk to the other family about before you go on vacation. <laughs> Hopefully, this checklist will help assure that your families are vacation compatible and more importantly, that you're going to come out <laughs> of the vacation still friends. Yes, vacation compatible. That's the key word there. So, Absolutely. And in part two, we're going to address the other part of the story here. It's, it's very difficult for some parents to make friends with other adults once they get married with kids. You know, you've got schedules, you've got all that that kind of keep you in, in a certain kind of silo away from other adults. And, you know, we all know how it goes. We've got the work schedules, the school schedules, the after-school activities, sports. And unless mm -hmm. you befriend other families that have, you know, similar schedules that then, then you similar schedules as you do, it can really seem impossible to find people that you have things in common with that are in the same life stage that you are. So we're going to talk to author and entrepreneur Nick Gray on a unique way to find the kind of friends that you'd like to travel with. So let's take a look at those in the first bucket here. You've got other families that you're close to and someone floats the idea of traveling together for vacation. Awesome. Sounds like a no, yeah, sounds like a no brainer, right? But not so fast, my <laughs> friends, let me tell you, there are definitely some things you need to consider, you need to think about and also talk about before loading up the van and heading out together. Yes. And this is by no means a exhaustive list, but it's a starter kit, you know, to kind of consider and think about and talk about with yes. the family that you may go on vacation with. So Number one, do your kids get along as well as the parents do? No. Kids are gonna get into <laughs> kids are gonna get into little fights. That's okay. But nothing derails a vacation faster than parents having to constantly referee between sets of kids that just don't get along. Yeah. So the if the answer to this question is no, maybe the parents plan a trip without the kids, right? This protects mm -hmm. friendships and sanity alike. You know, Rob, uh, my my wife always goes on a Mother Day trip with her sister, mom, and her mom's twin sister. And they, right. my daughters my daughters used to go with them, so I had the house to myself every, you know, every spring for a week. Sweet. So there was one part where my girls they were younger and they kept they kept fighting and fighting. And on the way home, my mother in law looks at them and says, "If you get in one more fuss, we're going to kick you off the trip forever." <laughs> 
And when my mother-in-law says it, she means it. And guess what happened? They got in one more little spat and they said, that's it. You're gone. They begged and pleaded. They said, nope, they've never gone since. My daughter is 22 and 19 now. They've never so, gone since. So do they do they ask like do they try to get back in or they just know that it's over? They they tried the next year, but they realized it was going to be pointless. They got wow. kicked off. They were jetted. They were out. No Hardcore. more. Man. Yep. All right. Well, number two is to make sure that your vacation styles mesh well with the other family. Right? Are yep. you an active family that likes to stay on the go? Are you the type of family like like mine, like me, that likes to go on vacation and relax, float in the water, and that's really it, you know? So planning the vacation together is a must. You'll be able to tell pretty quickly if you're the same, if you like the same kind of things, and make Mm -hmm. sure you plan activities based on mutual interests. Yeah, get that understanding up front: who likes to do what, who likes to plan, and how much. Yeah, and you know, as as you're seriously as you're planning the vacation, it's going to become apparent, like. Mm-hmm. which side of that fence that you and your family and the other family falls on. So, yeah, that's right. I know the third thing is money. Yep. Some families get condos and vacation rentals that come with kitchens because, you know, they don't intend on eating out every night, which I like to do. Right. While other families enjoy sampling the local cuisine every night. And, you know, they think that's part of the trip. So yep. some yep. families yep. are on the tight budgets when they go, you know, while others, they like to say, Hey, it's vacation. We're going to splurge a little bit. Yeah. You know, this is a good, and it's a healthy talk to have before you get to your destination. So everybody has a similar level of expectation about what the vacation is going to look like. Yeah. And I bet our listeners can tell which side of, of the, uh, eat in or eat out line that you and I fall on. Yeah. Pretty easily. (laughs) Every episode, let's talk about food. <laughs> Forget everything Tell else. Us. Tell us about yes, the food. We, we need a list of all the restaurants because we're going to hit them all. But when Rob and I retire, we're going to hit them all. <laughs> yes. A food uh, crawl so, all over the country. That, that we should oh, totally do that. That is an idea. Document the whole thing. Yeah. All right. So all next thing, we need to talk about accommodations. Are you planning on staying in a hotel? Are you going to stay in a vacation home, et cetera? Are you staying in the same condo together? Because that could, yes, that, that could be a big deal. Yeah. Now, that's if that's a yes, then you have a lot to consider there as a well. A lot, yes. A lot. <laughs> now, lots of parenting to prepare your children for different parenting styles and the need to let things, the little things go sometimes. Yes. And sometimes and you know, big things. <laughs> Sometimes big things, just because <laughs> yeah. it's easier, honestly. But, exactly. Okay, so like when the other couple's child motors through your kid's favorite <laughs> snack. Not saying that's ever happened before. No, 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 no. On the very first morning of the first day of the trip. Yeah, yeah. Or, or if you set a bedtime and then the other couple lets their kids stay up however late they want. That's, that's, your kids are going to be coming to talk to you. Yeah, exactly. And listen, if you're going to stay in the same condo with another couple, my recommendation is you better be really close. I mean, you better be comfortable with everybody's warts and everything because, Uh yeah, I mean, that's that's happened to us. We've gone on vacation with with other couples and, you know, we do the grocery shopping together and everybody gets in there and we're happy until... One of my kids strolls in and the other kids sitting there munching on their, you know, gone through their entire bag of Doritos in about five minutes. So, <laughs> yeah, 
but that's you know that's just that's a lot to 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 it be is. there together all day and then actually go back to the same place to stay at night. So yeah, just be you, uh be cognizant of that. Yeah, you know it. We've had Mitzi on the show early in some of our early episodes. Um, she's my sister in law, obviously, and when we go to Disney, like the last time I was in Disney in September, we got separate rooms, but we had right. the joining door. So we can close that thing anytime. Yeah. You know, it, it gives you a little bit of both worlds. Never underestimate the power of closing that door. Exactly. And there are two of them. There's one on their side and one on our side. So, <laughs> All right. Well, so that's, that's just a short list of how to travel with your friends that you have. Right. And hopefully remain friends well after the trip's over. That's the whole goal there. But yeah. what if you're in that second bucket and your spouse, you know, you have a difficult time making friends. Like my wife is a social butterfly. She can make friends in about five minutes. Me, mm-hmm. I, I'm just not like that anymore. I, I'm a little more reserved, I guess. So yeah. I have more of a, a difficult time making friends. So to help with this and offer a pretty unique way for couples to make the kind of friends that you'd want to travel with. We have Nick Gray joining us. Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, man. It's a pleasure. We really appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah, okay, so kick things off. Can you tell us about your book and how families are using the two-hour cocktail party? I Yeah, I would love to tell you about it. And also, I just want people to make more friends in their neighborhood and to connect with new people. I think the hardest part is nobody teaches adults how to make new friends. True. I don't know if what it was like for you guys, but for, for most people, college was the last time that they really were in an environment where it was easy to make new friends. Yeah. And then maybe through work or something we can make friends. Anyhow, so I wrote this book. For me, I had a, a hard time during lockdowns, not being close to my friends. And I've, just, I've been hosting a lot of events. And I think the best way for adults to make new friends is to host events like a happy hour that they right. can get their neighbors and those loose connections and weak tie, the people that you see at church or something and you say, oh man, we should hang out. And then you just never do really. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I wrote a book about that, but I'm happy to tell folks that are listening here today how they can do it and how they can learn how to host just an easy event. I think it's a lot easier than a dinner party. And that's where most people make the mistake is they think they have to host a dinner party, but dinner, right. it's just too hard for dinners. Anyhow. It's more of a commitment, right? It's a huge commitment and it's stressful <laughs> and you get well worked up about the food. And the reality right. is it's not yeah. about the food. It's about the people. Yep. So I'm curious, just right off the bat, have you, I'm assuming you've done this, you know, as we, as I don't know if we're coming out of COVID or what the right word is, but are people more reluctant People to go to these parties? No. Now I think everybody's, especially if you crack a window or something like that. And certainly by the time <laughs> this comes out, who knows? There could be some new variant out there. But it's that's not, true. Yeah, that's true. Right. It's not so much reluctant that they are, but it's just that people are awkward. They forget how to make small talk and to hang out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who knows? No, that's true. Yeah. When somebody will be listening to this, maybe it'll date us to say and. And even be talking about this. But I think a lot of it applies to any time period that hosting an event and giving your guests a little bit of structure makes it even easier for the introverts that you might know in your life. Or it could be the partner, Mm -hmm. a spouse, or one of your friends that they bring along. So that's what my book is about. Just giving a little structure. 
Well, in my family, I'm the introvert. Uh, I have a hard time convincing people of that because I, I don't know why, but they they think I'm an extrovert, but I'm not. I have a hard time with that. And I, I was going to say that I, as we talk, I feel the introvert's already trying to go to the, the off switch to, you know, to, to turn it off. Like, I, I don't want to deal with that. But wh- why do you think people should host a party? Uh, Rob, I can just imagine I'm mentally picturing you going to family events, setting up your podcast studio. And turning into the extroverted Rob with a microphone, doing interviews. Yeah. I think that would that'd be really funny. Um, your question was, why do you think you should host a party? I think you should. Yeah. Wh- yeah. Oops. What's the benefit? The benefit is make new friends. Those friends can help enrich your lives in ways that include uh, going on family vacations, like we talked about, boosting your career, yeah. new deals, new business opportunities. We find out about the best things in life not always from our closest friends, but from those ideas of those weak ties or loose connections. Your best friend's not going to tell you about an amazing new job because they're so close to you. They think you know everything. It's these people Mm. that's our neighbor, our people at random clubs we're in, or our kids' sporting games. It's those people that we bump into that we find out about some of the most exciting things. That's true. Yeah, you kind of go, oh, whoa, you know that guy, or you have ties that you you had no clue. Right. I've had that happen. Yeah, right. that's true. Yeah. It's really wild, and we find out that that's what studies show, actually, that people's jobs and the sourcing that it comes from comes from, you know, that, that random LinkedIn connection that, oh, my God, where did I meet that guy? Wow. <laughs> but I found out about a new opportunity. And yeah. so that's yeah. a little what I'm obsessed with, helping people build that network of acquaintances almost. Because I do mm-hmm. think you can be intentional about about that. I think friendship, okay, I'm not trying to optimize friendship. You'll figure out who you want to be friends with. But sure. creating a repeatable structure to host a happy hour for your neighbors every month, that's something I'm obsessed with. Well, how do you, what, all right, what about kids? How do you handle having kids at the party? That's, that, that's a great <laughs> idea. A lot of non-alcoholic beer. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> One piece of advice that I've gotten from a lot of people that have read my book and, and, and beta tested it before the release was they really advise hiring a sitter for the kids because okay. a lot of, I don't know if you guys have this experience, but a lot of parents will use the kids as a social crutch, a conversational crutch mm. to avoid adult interactions. Guilty. Right here. <laughs> yeah. Right? It happens to the mm-hmm. best of us. And that by having a sitter, by having a separate kid party in a different part of the house, it really can help the adults to engage and be more present and focus on making new friends. So for the introvert though, the idea of throwing this I mean, like it gives me the hives just just thinking about it. So how, what can you tell me to kind of push me like I would love to have more friends, sure. The small talk is what it it trips me up every time. Like I feel so stupid as an adult, (laughs) not knowing how to have a conversation with another adult. But you talk about using the kids as a crutch. I do that because I don't know how to small talk. It's awful. I hear that. That's a, that's a real experience. Does it happen to you, Danny? What do you do for small talk? Oh gosh. You know, I'm, I'm the traditional, what do you do? And (laughs) tell me about your face. I, I just have to start with the basics and then go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you guys ever been asked and just an amazing question that really made you think you're like, wow, that's a really cool question. It happened to me recently. Um, that's why I was asking. 
Oh, I haven't had it. You know what I've found is it's it's almost like there's a script. Like you meet, like at church, for example. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you don't like the people, that you're not genuinely interested in them, but when you, it's the small talk. Again, I just, you know, yeah. you don't get to the point where, where a question like that could be asked, at least I haven't lately, mm-hmm. you know, to where you get to the point where you're, where you're really talking to somebody. Yeah. It's more like what Danny's saying, you're painting by numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, how are the kids? How, you know, how was your week? And then, then you just kind of move on. So, yeah. And that's very normal, right? I'm not going to say that I'm the expert on small talk, but I do have a lot of it. But sometimes we're just tired by the end of the day. And the reality yeah. is we're just doing our best to bring our kids to the event and to make it through another day. And so that's that's real. And I want to acknowledge that. A little hack yeah. or a question that I do, I love to ask people, what was the best part of your day? Oftentimes we're gathering towards the end of the day. And I like yeah. to ask people, you know, how was your day? What was the best part of your day? go into that, what was the best part or what was the best part of your week? And I like to ask that with a little bit of a smile and it shows that it's a unique question. I understand that, but I'd say I'd have a very high success rate with that being a positive question that's received with good intent. What do you think, Danny? Yeah. Yeah. If somebody, if you asked me that, I would, I would probably be a little bit surprised and, but I would go, huh, that's a really cool question. It would also make me think because I teach middle school. So I have to really think about what the best part of the day is. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> it's always interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. But that spurs to me, that spurs a real conversation instead yeah, of the does. small talks. So I like that. Yeah, yeah for sure. One thing I got to warn is I don't like what I call red level um, uh, icebreaker questions. A red level icebreaker question would be, what's the worst first date that you ever went on? <laughs> Or, or, you know, what was the worst part of your week? A red level question is one that takes a lot of vulnerability to really share. And I Mm. think amongst friends in a warm environment, yeah, there's a time and a place for those, but I don't want to encourage any listener to just start going out there. One of my favorite, (laughs) um, uh, icebreaker questions to do with a group of people, because at my events, we have a lot of structure. There's three rounds of icebreakers. And the one that Mm. I have people do at my two hour cocktail parties is say your name, say what you do for work or what you, how you spend your days. And then tell us what one of your favorite things to eat for breakfast is. Hmm. Yeah. Now that's an interesting question because more or less everybody eats breakfast. They, they did it that day. It's not hard to think about it. Generally breakfast brings a positive emotion to a lot of people. And you get to share or express some of your personality through your answer to that question. Now, I have a question. So you you recently posted about a guy who posted flyers around his neighborhood to make new friends for his family. Yeah. Talk about that. How did that go? How did that go for him? It was this guy, Sue John, here in Austin, Texas, where I live. He moved to a new neighborhood. And I think his parents lived in town as well. So they came over a lot. And he'd always wanted to move to this neighborhood. It was a bit of an aspirational move for him. And they did it. And as a family, they wanted to make new friends and they wanted to feel welcome in a new place. So he, his wife found some flyer template online that I'm sure was for a garage sale or something. <laughs> and they just put photos of their family on there. And they just kind of talked about their kids. They invited people to come over to give them a call. But more so what he said was, it just people recognize them as they went for walks in the neighborhood. 
it helped right. make a warm introduction as they then huh. later went to meet people. He's really happy you did it. It was a success. Everybody's like, oh, you're the guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're that. Where have I seen you? And they cross a, a light pole. That's where I've seen you're, you. Yeah. Okay. You're the flyer guy, right? <laughs> That's interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you about name tags. It seems you are very passionate about those. <laughs> so do you need them for a family party or does that feel a little too formal? I think you absolutely need them for a family party. And I'll even go, I'll say kind of controversial. I think even the kids need name tags because okay. think about gathering. Rob, you said you're thinking about being an introvert, how the idea of going to a party or hosting a party, making the small talk. I increasingly think about introverted people, how to make it easier and remove the friction. And if, right. if by having name tags, you can forget about memorizing 10 or 15 people's names, mm-hmm. it just makes mm. it, it makes it better for everybody. You can use their name in conversation. It shows to everybody that it's a safe space to meet new people. There's no clicks. You know, you ever go to a party, you don't really know people there. And you're like, yeah. oh, God, I'm not going to know anybody here. At a lot of my parties, that's the whole thing. It's about meeting new people. Yeah. It's funny how it, how it changes when you're in different stages of your life. I moved to Nashville to go to college, didn't know anybody, and made a ton of friends. Hmm. I mean, I, I enjoyed it then. Now, you talk about hosting a party gives me hives. Going to a party yes. does that for me. So. Yeah, anything anything to help someone like me is a positive. So without giving too much of the book away because we want people to read it, how does it work? How does throwing the party technically work? Oh, I'm happy to give the whole book away. And if your listeners want to send me a note online, I'm happy to share it as well um, because okay. I'm just so passionate about it. Um, yeah. So here's the gist of the party. It's a two-hour party that you need to host for your neighbors and your friends, maybe some of your colleagues. But here's the deal. On a non-red-level day, what do I mean by that? I mean probably you're going to host this on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday night. Hmm. Okay. Now, why do you do it then? Because kind of everybody's busy on the weekend. you got kids things. You have sports games. You have activities. And I think host it on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, when people can show up, when it's easy, and then you're going to do a couple things. You're going to make sure that you collect RSVPs. You're going to invite mm. people one-to-one. You're not going to send a mass email or a message on Nextdoor or a big Facebook post. You're going to message people, right. ask them to RSVP, and then you're going to send them a couple reminder messages. Now, what right. do all these things do? They get people to commit to attending. They right. keep your event top of mind. And they guarantee that you're going to have a good turnout. Because I don't know if you guys seen these Facebook events, but it'll be like 98 people RSVP. And you talk Mm -hmm. to the host and only 10 people show up, if that. Right, right. So anyhow, that's what happens before the event. And then at the event, you just do a couple things. You only let it go for two hours. It's tight, tight start, tight end. You use name tags. And then you run three little activities, little rounds of icebreakers just to mix up the room, help people make new conversations, but also end those conversations that are going too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right. You snap a group photo at the end, and then you finish it on time. That's it. That's, that's the, it's not rocket science to host a good event, but by adding a little bit of structure, you'll be seen by your neighbors and friends as someone who runs a really good event. 
And you have people that like to stick around when the two hours are up and you know, how do you, how do you say, Hey, it's been fun. <laughs> that is one of the best questions. How do you end the party? How do you a bouncer pushes everybody out? The... No. Okay. Sorry. No. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Gen... <laughs> Me either. <laughs> right. I think ending a party is one of the most challenging ideas for a new host. And the easy way to do it is simply turn up the lights, turn down the music, make a little announcement for last call. And for those stragglers who really want to stay and talk to you, oh, I haven't had a chance to catch up with you. You say, I would love to catch up. This It's so great to see you. Can I call you tomorrow to continue this conversation? I need to tidy up around the house. I'm so glad that you came here tonight. Well, that does it right there for sure. Yeah, that's genius. <laughs> Or the bouncer. I mean, you know, just spitball in here. Just throwing it out there. That, or you could turn up and play that song. What is it? Uh, Closing Time by semi Closing Time. Yeah. Or something really annoying like Friday by Rebecca Black or yes. something. Oh. Everybody would leave immediately. You don't want them to hate you, though, Dan. I don't know that that, that would work. Well, Nick, hey, I, I know you're a well-traveled individual, so let's talk a little bit about that. You recently took a cruise. Yes. I'll so what's that like in the era, in the era of COVID? Like, was it? Was it a good experience? I love cruises. And I think especially for people with families with the built-in childcare and the games and opportunities for kids on a ship, I, I really love cruises, which I don't know. I feel like you either love cruises or you think you don't like them. And <laughs> I think there's different types of cruises. You can go on party cruises. Maybe that's a lot of people. They went on a spring break cruise and had a bad experience. Um, but these days the ships are just so massive. Yeah. It was a little annoying to wear the mask sometimes, but it wasn't bad. I loved it. Actually. We had a great time. I went with some friends, so I think that made it good. Where did you go? We went to Roatan, Honduras is all around the Caribbean. Oh, wow. Cool. What, uh, if if you don't mind saying what cruise line did you take? The cruise was on Royal Caribbean on one of their massive ships. And these ships, man, I don't know if you've seen all the new stuff on them. It's incredible. I sound like I'm sponsored, I a, but I swear I'm not. <laughs> you just no, I took right before the the pandemic. I guess it was a year before we took a Royal Caribbean cruise. Their their private island, I loved. I thought that was just there's so much to do there. I mean, I could have yeah. stayed there and been fine. And it's easy. That's what I like about yeah. cruises. I don't like going on vacation and with my parents or my friends. Which restaurant do we want to eat at three times a day? With this, you just show up and you eat. There's no bill or anything. I love that all-inclusive nature. Yeah. I mean, you can pretty much eat all day if you'd like. There's there's a, the one that we went on. I think it was Majesty of the of the Seas. There was a little hot dog and ice cream bar right by the pool. I mean, you could literally eat all day if you'd like, if that's what you mm-hmm. like about cruises, and a lot of people do. Right, right. Okay, well, while we're talking about different places to visit, what are your absolute favorite places to visit on vacation have you guys been to puerto rico or have you been there recently or what's your experience there no we, i we were we were scheduled to go on a cruise for my family for my parents 50th anniversary when covid hit but we were going to puerto rico mm-hmm. i was really bummed out we didn't get to go so i really like puerto rico i find that especially if you're in atlanta or if you're in the south or even in new york if you're on the east coast it's very easy to get to, and it is a truly mm-hmm. tropical paradise. Beautiful beaches. It has. You, it, it's so crazy to fly down there, and you're so close to South America or or wherever, and you don't need yeah. a passport. You don't. 
like it's Mm -hmm. the usa it's really incredible and there's some good and there's some bad side to it but but i really like it there there's some beautiful hotels it's nice i like puerto rico i think it's one of those places that it's worth a look is that what where else you got any others or puerto rico the the top for myself i'm a beach guy so i love beaches me too um (laughs) previously i hadn't spent i'd never been to hawaii before i thought that it really wasn't Mm. a place for me and then i I kind of like on the big island of Hawaii, it's a little, it's like the Texas of Hawaii. It's a little bit redneck and (laughs) it's like my speed Hawaii. So I like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We love beaches. I think Danny and I both Mm -hmm. big fans, big fans. Well, finally, exactly. Oh man. (laughs) Well, finally, Nick, where can our listeners keep up with you, your projects, the book, where can they keep up with you? Um, I have an awesome newsletter that's called my friend's newsletter. And I write the email about once a month. I send stuff I'd send to my best friends. That includes good shows I saw on Netflix, YouTube links, cool new podcasts like this one. I include links to that. And it's a free monthly newsletter. There's no ads, no spam. Um, and you can find that on my website at www.nickgray.net. Um the name of my book is The Two-Hour Cocktail Party, and I'm happy to share it with anybody who's interested to try to help you make new friends. I think as adults, that's not easy to do, and that's my mission. That's awesome. Well, hey, since you brought it up before you before we let you go, what are you watching on Netflix right now? I can't, I can't find anything worth watching. Let me think of something good that I can recommend. Um, did you happen – I'm not trying to get into politics – but did anybody see the Mitt Romney documentary called Mitt? No. 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 I love documentaries, though. Pretty interesting. He said something, and whatever you think about him as a candidate or anything, he said to the film crew, look, if I win, then this has to go through my team and whatever. But if I lose, you guys can do whatever you want. And I guess the film crew was Mormon, so they got exclusive access to him and his family and he lost Mm -hmm. oh wow and they made a really real and raw documentary kind of a weird thing but if you like documentaries i thought it was a really interesting look behind the scenes of a presidential campaign awesome i'll definitely check that out well nick thank you so much for being on the show this was amazing definitely thanks danny thanks guys for having me that'd be cool if we all can go on a cruise sometime with all your listeners that'd be fun right that would be amazing. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Family yeah. vacation or cruise 2023. Sign up on the Absolutely. website. Send Rob and Danny an email. Yeah, that'd be I awesome. Love it. I love it. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, guys. Hey, everyone. If you're ready to plan your next family vacation, call my dad. He would love to help you as a certified travel agent. He never charges a fee to help you plan your vacation. Email him at rjones at starstufftravel.com. Get started planning your vacation today. Well, that does it for this week's show. And hey, if you're planning one of these parties, just make sure that Rob and I get an invitation. Next week, we're going to be taking a look at Nashville, Tennessee. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time, friends. Thank you for listening to The Family Vacationer. Make sure and subscribe to hear more of Rob and Danny.